The Stable Show with Miles Fitzner and Will Clarkin. Thanks to Clarkin Racing, consistently delivering a high strike rate of winners to runners. Welcome and hello to The Stable Show. Thanks to Clarkin Racing. Miles Fitzner with you and joined again by, well, one of the superstar outfits here in South Australia. I'll run around the room, though, live in studio on King William. Lockie Weekly to join us. John Kelton as well. Welcome to you too. And the head trainer from Clarkin Racing, Will Clarkin. Hello, boys. How are you going? Very well. Will, it's been a good time at the moment, especially at the top end of town. And I'll let some of these other boys chime in a bit. But your trip to Perth has been rather fruitful with the horse ironclad. Yeah, no, terrific. He's got a huge amount of uh, prize money for going up there. Uh, well, we're very good to us. And, uh, look, we've had fun and we'll be back there for next year for sure. Yeah, he uh, he certainly uh, took uh, took Perth uh, before him, really looked looked as though he settled in at Grant and Alana. Williams's place, and he, he ran a bottler in the northerly there, and Brad Rewiller, he, he gave him a super ride. Johnny, you do the form a fair bit. Did you, you have him sort of rolling out in front like that and thinking he was nearly going to hold on? He sort of, once he led, he didn't look like he was going to get caught. No, he ran very well there, and he got into a nice rhythm. And one thing the horse does really well, he doesn't pull much, and he, he settles well. And we, even though he, he regressed slightly last start, he still settled really well after he was asked early. And he's been a really consistent horse over a range of distances and track conditions, so he's a real warrior. He mostly deserves a big win. Um, he's, he's mostly lacking that on his CV. Obviously, running second in a Group 1 is great, and especially a Group 1 worth $1.5 million. So he got nearly 300 uh, grand for running second there. So a huge, huge payday for the owners, but... I'd love to see him win a, a big race before his time's done. He uh, he come up at the farm basically the whole way through this prep, didn't he, Will? And um, it, that that certainly uh, held him in really good stead and had that good break and come come got going via the farm and then uh, it was just good to see him come come back. Adelaide the Adelaide Carnival was a little bit lacklustre for him, so good to see yeah, him back in action. He came back terrific, and I was just uh, looking here our other. Big winners for the start of the season after we uh, did our first show. No, no, Lane came out and uh, won the Balaclava Cup. He was trained from the farm and Zula running second. She was trained by, from the farm. No, no, Lane went on to win the Seymour Cup, uh, run a bolter of race at Big Odds in the Turak and uh, agreeable pinched the Mal- uh, Murray Bridge Cup out of out of the farm. So having terrific uh, results with those sort of older horses and uh, I'm extremely proud of that and looking forward to the uh, the, the autumn carnival ahead. We'll, we'll touch on those in a little bit more detail. I just want to quickly touch on the fact that logistically it's, it was a huge effort because you're at Cranbourne then the story was went the horse went to Sydney. Sydney and flew to, flew to WA and I don't think they had a, uh, a very clean passage from uh, leaving the... WA of leaving the Sydney airport and getting to getting to Western Australia. I think there was a few uh, technical hookups there, but uh, anyway, he ran a bit flat his first up and then bounced back to you know run super well. It was probably a little bit unfortunate that he wasn't 100% in that in the Group One where he came in on the minimum because then the next start he's produced a career best figure when he was at weight for age in, in that race, which didn't suit him as well. So if he was at his best in the handicap Group One, he, he could have definitely made a, a real. Close go of it. Yeah, another week up our sleeve would have been probably perfect as it as it panned out. Had them the breaks, I guess. So we've got we've got some money for going, and uh, <laughs> we'll take what we can. And very quickly, the association over there with Grant Alana, and then maybe doing this again. Is this looks like something that you might try and target? Um, is, is since it's been beneficial, and looks like it works. Yeah, they they've got a terrific system there, and I've learned a lot from the from going up there that I can bring back here for the farm. They are amazing trainers and lovely people, and yeah, I'd. Uh, I'd accommodate them any day, and, and I'm sure that they'll have us back next year. The private training facilities there look fantastic, and uh, there's uh, a few videos on our social media of, of Ironclad and Bo Ross are working, and 
their, their private training tracks are, are amazing. It's obviously a great place for the horses, and they look and feel so well there. They're also very heavy into their sports science, and uh, that's a passion of mine. So I learned some invaluable tips there, and uh, I saw some stuff that I never thought would be able to work, and it, it really does. Just quickly on Bo Rosser, a bit of an update on... Yeah, he was terrific. Flemington first time out, ran fourth, and we, he built into a, a good run in the uh, in the Group One up there, but then let us down um, let us down in the, uh, the last run for us. And he uh, he actually came back with a bit of an abrasion on his back leg, so we'll just treat that for a while and work a work a path out for him somewhere late in the autumn. Right, let's move into some of these other races now. The Balaclava Cup turned out to be one of the great form races because the horses that came out of that, wherever they went, they all ran extremely well. Like, I'll move around to you. I backed the wrong one here last time when we did this podcast, and I was filthy, yeah. absolutely filthy. I, I, I don't think you're on your own, Miles. <laughs> um, there were there were plenty that come into agreeable, but uh, no name lane. Like uh, thinking back, like Todd just rode him an absolute treat, got him got him over, and sort of had the race by the scruff of the neck. And um, as we were saying earlier, he's been a horse that just comes up every prep. Um, he's, he's, he's got a terrific record and, and, and great to, to win that sort of race for, for Viv Oldfield, which uh, won Balaclava. Uh, Viv's got uh, half the land out there, so that was, that was great to have him on course too. Amazingly consistent horse, uh, not only with his uh, performance figures in the race book, but the, like his, his rating figures are so consistent, he's so honest. For a horse that took five or so starts to win a maiden, like he's won nine out of 24 now, so really honest horse, and he's a fighter. When he gets in front, he gives a lot of kick. As the breed do, the Shamus Awards, they're a terrific, uh, terrific breed of horse and they, they are a horse that love a dogfight and really give their all like he was in the uh, Cox Plate when he won it. So can we, was this, the plan always in to go to Victoria and chase or after Balaclava you went, hang on a minute, uh, we might just keep sort of upping the ante here because uh, the Seymour Cup in all fairness, we love our South Australian racing but it's a lot better race than the Balaclava Cup. Yeah, we um, we trained the horse to win the Ballot Cup, but he he'd actually won first first time up that prep over ten fifty, and that sort of blew him up in the ratings. So we we'd gone off him on the day because we thought he couldn't carry the weight, but he lifted to another level and then did that again at Seymour Cup. And I suppose this is the uh, problem we have most probably in South Australia a little bit that uh, the Ballot Cup's worth a hundred grand, the Seymour Cup's worth two hundred grand. So you know it's a, it's just obviously double, and um, it most probably ran exactly the same performance figure to win it. Yeah, I, I had him going the same performance figure at Balaclava when he won the Seymour Cup when he won and the, the uh, Turek when he got beaten a tick under three lengths. Like, really solid performance level. And when he comes back next prep, he's going to be running in some good races. Let's touch on Agreeable uh, and then got the Murray Bridge and the Balak Murray Bridge sort of doubles sort of... That's like the, that's the, the Provincial Cup Holy Grail, really. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, it, uh, and good to win a, a race for a mare like that that's got a bit of pedigree. Uh, fantastic ownership group. Um, and uh, she's been a tricky little mare to train, and she's coming up really well. She's done three weeks' work at the farm now, and I reckon that we can get her to go to another level next prep. I know her a bit better, and she's got a few little ailments that I think that we can manage better now that she's had a prep with us. Like uh, like Will said, it was it was great to uh, win such a race with with a nice mare um, for for Jonathan Munns and the team. Um, there's there's plenty of races for her over the the autumn carnival in Adelaide from sort of short course up to the mile and maybe even beyond depending on how she's going but uh, that was that was a great result Kayla give her a beautiful ride too really consistent horse and because she generally settles back in the field often uh, elements can be against you and she finally got into one of those big fields where they went hard and the brakes went her way at Murray Bridge and she showed what she could do but all of those runs this prep up to that were full of merit and uh, the most recent start, obviously, we can forgive on the wet track at Mooney Valley, but really honest, consistent horse. A couple of others to touch on. Let's. Who wants to talk about second to none? 
Kelch, you can do that, you Breda. Um, yeah, well, she's she's done a really good job because uh, when we were talking about her on the previous podcast, she was just in the jump out stage, and that was the first time we'd sort of given her a proper racing prep. And she got all the way to the track, ran a bottle of a race first up at Balaclava when she made ground, then came out to a Saturday grade maiden at Morfordville and won there and hit the line well there. And her most recent start, they've walked in front. She got over racing. She settled last. Uh, one of those typical small fields on the parks track when they walk and horses at the back have no chance. But uh, she's a horse on the way up. She's a lovely looking horse. And that first prep is, is going to be very beneficial to her. Yeah, like I said, she's, we did we did sell a bit of her on the podcast last time. I think we did a quarter after we did it. So really? the people that jumped hey. into her Hello. Uh, have had a good time. And also she's got the racing rewards. So she's won about 50 grand, I reckon, in, in three starts. And uh, like uh, John said, um, she just had no hope in that last run. They walked and they, they you can't go around them on the, on the parks when they go slow. Yeah, look, she's uh, everyone's got a real soft spot for her being out of the mare. She uh, she is, and uh, like Will, like Will and John said, she's uh, she's a lovely style of filly, and, and hopefully, uh, if she can just settle that little bit more, she might sort of bring herself into those fillies uh, races over the carnival with a bit of luck if she can keep improving. Do I say this right, Wack and Jaja? Waka Jija. Waka Jija? Waka Jija. Waka Jija. She's a neat little filly, this, and she's put on about 50 kilos since she uh, went to the paddock. Suman Hedge bought her for us. A terrific little cheap buy, 40 grand. Uh, she was ultra impressive, and uh, she's got a big future, I think. She's most probably one of the classier horses coming through, and I'd be disappointed if she couldn't get to stakes grade over our carnival. She sort of uh, presented, uh, when, when she was a two-year-old, she looked like she was probably going to be our first two-year-old runner, but she just had a couple of little ailments here and there, just sort of holding her back and had to stop and start, but she she sort of uh, basically never really put a foot wrong on the track, and... Uh, yeah, that that uh, that last ring, she she really uh, she got lovely action and closed off beautifully. One thing I like about young horses when they make good improvement from their first start to their second start, and she went forward around sort of three to four lengths on what she did on debut when she won her second start. With that that race actually rated quite well, and we've already seen a couple of horses that she beat very soundly come out, and one of them won last weekend, and the other one validated was unlucky not to win. So. She's got some strong form lines. I'd, I'd suggest she's one of our younger horses to follow. She's got that. Uh, she's got the racing rewards as well. And like Will said, she was only a cheap purchase. So she, they're basically uh, got their got their cabbage back pretty well after, on the back of the racing rewards. Well, that's what it's all about. Before we get an update on Extremely Lucky, uh, is there another couple um, maybe that I don't have on that sheet there? No, I reckon that we've talked about Extremely Lucky. He's coming up terrific. Obviously, he let us down once last prep, and that was uh, in the Moya, which was a bit of a, a kick in the guts. But uh, he's he's come out of that all right. He's had a good spell. We spelled him at Mill Park, uh, and Chris Watson does such a great job with him. He's really furnished. He's moving brilliantly, and uh, he's in his third week now. So uh, he'll he'll just start off modestly. We'll kick him off. We can even kick him off in Adelaide. Uh, his rating's so low. But we'll find the right race for him and then uh, build him into the prep. Who knows where he's going to get? Who knows where his distance lies? I've got a bit of criticism for trying to run him over ten fur, uh, five furlongs uh, both times. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's a horse that gets back and he's going to need luck, like I've always said. Where'd the criticism come from? <laughs> because, because uh, the ownership group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not someone calling the office again, are they? <laughs> well, well, because we know what they can do. We know what they can do. Boys, any quick thoughts on extremely lucky? We might jump to our first break. Look, he's uh, he's obviously still only a very young horse and and so lightly raced, so it's it's all ahead of him. You know, we we don't have to uh, we don't have to uh, rush. He can just come up under his own steam. And like Will said, the the horse's rating isn't uh, is in is in a good spot. We can kick him off uh, where we where we like really, and uh, hopefully just keep building.
He's a horse with a really good cruising speed and he's got an electric change of gear and often horses lose that big change of gear when they get on significantly rain-affected tracks. So I'm happy to forgive his runs at Mooney Valley. We saw what he could do first up in the in the Lightning here. He's He's got some very good performance figures. Plenty more coming up in the show. We've got the BDX Shear giveaway. We're going to talk about horses to follow, yearlings, some tried horses, heaps more to come. This is the Stable Show for Clark and Racing. Will Clark and John Kelton, Lockie Weekly, Miles Fitz, and are back right after this. The Stable Show with Miles Fitzner and Will Clarkin. Thanks to Clarkin Racing, consistently delivering a high strike rate of winners to runners. This is the Stable Show for Clarkin Racing. Will Clarkin joining you, Miles Fitzner, in the host chair, Lockie Weekly, John Kelton. Well, boys, it's time we start talking about yearlings because when it comes to this time of year, uh, everyone's sort of nibbling around saying, oh, well, uh, Will, can you go and buy me one? Will... Tell us how active you're going to be and where are you going to be active? Yeah, we'll, we'll buy our yearlings again this year. Um, we'll go to the Gold Coast. That's where everything starts. And uh, it's obviously a sale with a lot of hype behind it. Uh, we've got big owners that like to buy horses out of there. So we'll go up there. Uh, it's a hard sale to buy at. It's uh, always overpriced. But we'll, uh, you know, look through look through and find find something that slipped through the cracks. Um, we are going in a different path this year. We're going to buy less yearlings. We've got a lot of horses on our books. Uh, and we need, uh, we need more boxes. So when Murray Bridge... Uh, becomes open in in March, say, um, we'll be able to most probably next year go and look to get some more young horses. But at the moment, we uh, just got to get through what we've got. Um, we've got to mo- maybe focus more on getting some young horses. But in saying that, Lockie, you'd have to agree, we've really uh, refined our yearling purchases. And the yearlings we bought last year that are now two-year-olds are beautiful horses. I don't rush them, but you say we've got our techniques down, Pat? Absolutely. Yeah, everyone, uh, you know, we, we, we go through the processes and, uh, yeah, we've got a lovely bunch of bunch of two-year-olds and like Will said we don't rush them um let the ball come onto the bat with them and yeah we've uh, we're able to get some really great owners involved and yeah it seems to come around very quick the yearling sales each year I'm also looking forward to getting back to New Zealand uh John has always been a big believer in the pedigrees over there um and we've had a lot of luck with New Zealand bred horses but we haven't been able to get there for the last few years through COVID no, and uh, and this current season we've got one that's just turned two that that came out of New Zealand that Paul Moroni sourced for us. But uh, we've had some success with some of those ex New Zealand horses that have that have come through, and we've got as tried horses. So they're, they're good stout horses. We know a lot of those sires, and that probably fits in with our mould of buying them in the Australian sales. We look for horses with a bit of scope, not necessarily little upper up and going five furlong two year olds. Do you still have the majority of owners that will go and buy one themselves and then give you the horse, or just get your opinion and will actually go and select or pick the horse themselves? I uh, know we sort of uh, we sort of lead the charge there. Uh, yep. We find a horse and try to find the owner for it. Uh, it's always uh, it was always scary stuff one day or another. But uh, you know we're gamblers at the end of the day, and you know we buy these things, we speculate them. Sometimes they take a little bit longer to, to sell to sell. And we've still got some uh, little shares and stuff we bought last year, but they're up to doing you know their jump outs and galloping now. So we can get good footage of them, and, and uh, people can have a look what we've got. Um, but like I said, they're, they're beautiful young horses. Uh, we've just got to get them through the system now and get them educated up and get them to the races. So there are some shares in some yearlings that are still available um, from last year. There's probably a handful. I think we bought 16 or so, or there's 16 that came on the book. So I reckon there's three or four that have got little shares in them. And and there's some very nice types that have just got little bits and pieces left in them. Yeah, like the Russian Revolution, Umaquest, a beautiful colt. I think there's only like 5% or something left in him, but uh, it's waiting there. He was a 150k purchase here in Adelaide, but he's a lovely horse. And obviously the mother trained by Mark Medivini was a good horse. And uh, I really like him. He's one that comes straight to mind. And uh, the the Russian Revolution, he's been sort of the basically the, the champion first season sire. He's, he's uh, 
getting winners all all around the country. He's he's done a terrific job, and that uh, that sort of horse, you know, he, he looks like he'll really train on and sort of back end two year old and, and and beautiful horse. Yearlings aren't the only way to do it though, and that's to go and get horses that uh, you can see that have some sort of ability, and then they just need a little bit of the clark and polish. Uh, whacked over their back and then they turn into something else. So quick return uh, on your money. A couple that you've had um, kicking around. Who wants to kick this away that you've managed to to sort of get a win or two out of? Well, I broke a deal with uh, Ros Day and we bought two horses off her the other day, Jean Valjean, who uh, won first time out for us. I think we only had him in the stable uh, two weeks, so I can't claim all of that. And Hot Rod Boy, who's uh, going to jump out tomorrow, uh, he's a lovely horse. And there's actually a bit left in him. I think there's 25% to go. So he's a horse that's up and going. He's fit. He's had one start for one win at Balaclava. And this is what we're going to do more of. Uh, we're going to identify horses mainly locally uh, and um, be very aggressive trying to buy them. Buy a horse for owners that we might pay a little bit too much on the way in, but you're getting to the races and you're not you're sort of uh, lessening your risk by not having a horse that's uh, a complete unknown uh, and also not having the holding cost to get them to the races. Like these horses some people bought the shares on the Tuesday and it won on the Saturday yeah those uh, those horses like uh, Jean Valjean and Hot, Hot Rod Boys only had the one start for, for one win but Jean Valjean um, like given where his handicap rating is like you've, you've got so much room to move um, we, we know he's a really nice horse and um, when we bought him, he was, a, he's a, he was a 61 Raider. He won straight away, like Will said, within a fortnight. And then we've still we've still got a lot of rating points to play with. It's so so important. Um, and you know the uh, the record with the tried horse. John, you'd say that you have to sort of play the rating games with them, don't you? And, and that's a horse a bit like um, Second Slip when he came on the scene. We'll get him to Melbourne sooner rather than later uh, when when they've got a winnable rating. We, we do. We have to play the game. And ideally, if we can identify those horses with their, their ratings coming in in the 60s or so on, I know that we're going to get some of those quality horses with higher ratings. But when we get them with the low ratings, we can place them to advantage. And also in South Australia, it's a good place to race them and put them through the system because they don't penalise you that much when you win the races. So you've got a chance to really work through the grades and, and win your four or five races in a year or 18 months with these horses that have good ability and we can run them on, on Saturday grade in Adelaide. If they're going well enough, we can zip them over to Melbourne and run for that double the money also without blowing their rating up. So more specifically, you've got a couple in there. You said that Hot Rod Boy's got a bit available. Is there another one there, One Dash? You've got some available as well? Yeah, she's a she's a, a mare that we bought, a filly we bought online the other day. Uh, she's by Piero, a beautiful filly. Um, but she she was a lot – we paid about 150 grand for her, I think. Um, she's, a, she's a lovely type. Uh, but she we bought her to try to get some black type over the carnival. I think that she's like a Leilea type of horse. Do you agree, John? Yeah, really lightly raced horse. She's only had the one start and uh, – that was over 1,300 metres. She's obviously a very well-bred horse, so if we can kick a goal with her and get a city win with her or get some black type with her, she's quite a valuable filly because she's out of a mare called Felicien who was a good horse. Piero fillies are going to be valuable. They generally all stick. And uh, if you go and watch her video of her only run at Canberra, she got a long way back and found the line really well and not everything went, went right for her in that, in that run. And it was, it's unusual because a lot of these horses are put on the online auctions and there's, there's a reason sort of for it and someone's, someone knows something that you don't. But it was a, it was a d- dispersal sale of, of the owner's stock and he had some really good quality stock on there. And uh, a couple of good judges who have uh, have seen the uh, filly, uh, we got some advice off that she's she's been one that's really kept improving. So that was great to hear heading into the, the carnival. Um, hopefully, uh, as far as the timing goes, it's really perfect to be able to get her now. We've got her down here and... Uh, as I said, the, the Autumn Carnival's in the right spot for her. You guys have obviously doing your due diligence way back and you're spot on, Kelts, isn't it? Like, you've got to make sure that you're doing everything right and make sure that you know everything. Now, 
to get involved, that's even a fair bit easier. Marketing at ClarkandRacing.com. You can DM any of you on social media. Who's the first one to reply out of you, Mob? What do you leave it to Cato? Kate's, Kate's, yeah, Kate's got the job there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they all handballed that pretty quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, I, what I would say, but like with the tried horses, we don't know when we're going to get them. Like in, in the last month, three good quality tried horses have, have come in, or four, including the other uh, mare shooting for stars. But often these things will sell really quickly, and we might only send them out, and a few hours later, or a day later, they'll be a hundred percent sold. So you need to be on that mailing list and the and the wait list there to see them. Because otherwise, they'll be gone before you know about them. We oversubscribed John Van John. I think like we could have sold him three times over. It's like extremely lucky when we bought him. They go so fast, and a lot of people get very angry. They miss out. So if you want to be in front of the game, you know, get on the waiting list. And uh, when we find one, we'll be able to send it to them first. And that may that way, they're definitely in the gate. First in, best dressed. Has to be. First in best dressed. Uh, We're going to jump to a break. Plenty more to come on the other side. We'll talk about the BTX share giveaway. Horses to follow. Some horses may be running around over the Christmas and New Year period as well. And then we've got a brief at the end on uh, on Nikki. I'll let you talk about that, Will. This is the stable show. The Clark and Racing, Miles Fitzner, Will Clark and Lockie Weekly. John Kelton back right after this. The Stable Show with Miles Fitzner and Will Clarkin. Thanks to Clarkin Racing, consistently delivering a high strike rate of winners to runners. Welcome back to The Stable Show. Thanks to Clarkin Racing, Miles Fitzner, Will Clarkin. Lockie Weekly stepped out. John Kelton's still here, but in comes Kate Belcham. And Kate, you're the one we need to talk to in regards to this BTX share giveaway. Now, tell us more because we're giving... Um, uh, BTX a fair bit of love, and you're going to give away some shares in a filly. Is that right? Yeah, so we've got a sh- uh, smart myself filly uh, out of Chloe's Comet with the BTX team. They, um, they're on the blockchain and uh, give away uh, – they sell shares via their app, and um, it's it's a nice, cheap, and easy way to get, get involved in the industry. Um, now, do they, what do they have to do to give away the 100 shares? Do they get in contact with you? Are you running a competition you haven't decided yet? They can follow you on social media. Tell us where or how they can get hold of a chance to win these shares. Yeah, if they follow us on socials or um, if you're lucky enough to be on our mailing list, um, you'll get you'll get uh, the link to, to sign up to your chance to, to get into the horse. Now, you're the go-to in regards to also some of the shares, marketing at clarkandracing.com. Everyone will expect a response from you. Um, what in regards to uh, to selling shares, can they do other? Like you can DMs on your Facebook and Instagram or Twitter, either yeah. or. Do you monitor all of those? Yeah, all the socials, we're on we're on them all. So um, What yeah. are they? <laughs> Just Clark and Racing on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok. The whole lot. Beautiful. TikTok taking off. You'd be all over TikTok. Yeah, we're no, we're... big TikTok, man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, BTX, very good uh, way for get young people in. You know, you're just uh, getting into the racing industry. It's a, a cheap buy-in or even a giveaway. There's no extras afterwards. And you get to feel what it's like to have a share in a horse. You get the comms. You get uh, to go to the races and feel the ups and downs. And well, ups and downs. The first horse I've had was with Lario, who ran really well first time out, and then she's had a really interrupted prep since then. But that's all part of the learning process for getting involved in horses, uh, delicate animals, and uh, you've got to uh, you know love them and, and hope everything goes right. And sometimes it doesn't. But uh, look, it's I, I really think that uh, micro shares are a way of getting uh, the feeling of, of of horse racing ownership out there and to the greater masses. Kate, we'll let you step out. We'll let lock back in as we're talking to the horses to follow. But thank you for that. Marketing at ClarkandRacing.com or get in touch with them on any of the socials. 
Boys, let's talk about um, the Christmas New Year period. Um, sometimes it can be also tricky to find a winner over this period too because some of the tracks can harden up really quickly, which we're probably going to see uh, see this year a bit, Kelts. I'll start with you. Yep. And they can also um, – horses sort of coming, you know, uh, sort of back in that might have a throw at the stumps just pre, pre-Christmas pre time to try and get a winner as a Christmas present, but it's a difficult time to find them. Yeah, as you say, the tracks can often get very firm. This summer, as it's got as it's gone so far, we haven't seen too much of that. But uh, our, especially our non-metro tracks, they they don't necessarily have the have the professional drainage that some of the bigger metro tracks do. So so it's a lot harder to get the balance right of of uh, artificial irrigation on the tracks. So currently, because we've had a, a wettish winter and not a very warm summer, we've got away without having too many of those, you know, good three, good two, really firm road type tracks. But there's a few tracks around in South Australia that will firm right up over December and January. Now, we were talking about it off air, sort of maybe a little bit of a quieter period for the stable and as, as a few things are evolving, which we're going to get to after the next break. But in terms of runners over the next sort of three to four, five weeks... Just got a lot of young horses that are at the barrier trial stage. Uh, they'll be the ones that sort of come up now. But we've got a lot of horses with high ratings, so it sort of uh, cancels us out for a bit of summer racing. Uh, and that's why we are targeting these other horses like uh, Jean Valjean and Hot, Hot Rod Boy um, to, to come through and, and give us a bit of guts at that time of year because otherwise your Ironclads, Bo Ross's, uh, horses that are carnival horses, extremely lucky, uh, second and none, Waka Jija, they, they have got the right rating. They're the two last fillies, but they are horses that are aimed towards the carnival where, the, where we can upvalue them by getting some uh, black type or we can get the better money. So it will be a quieter time. Uh, uh, but it gives us a chance to uh, do other things. And, you know, I go on about how uh, how much we've been working at the farm, but we're still uh, it's going to be a, a long process of learning how to train absolutely perfectly out of there, and that, that'll give us a chance to utilise the beach over summer, which uh, is, is a great time for not only the horse, for the staff. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be a good time, and uh, there's a lot of exciting things happening. So uh, we'll, we'll keep busy, and, and the autumn carnival's all but on us. So they, generally we get them in, you know, Christmas Christmas Day to, to get start prepping up 10 weeks into the carnival. I was going to ask you on that. We'll talk about the process. So you identify with some of these horses. You obviously don't want to bring all of them in and have them all running at exactly the same time, but does that then become a plan amongst the three of you and you sort of stagger them that, right, he's got to be back in at this stage, they've got to be back in, and you're sort of working back like those horses you mentioned. But there are also a few others in there that we haven't spoken about. You know, you didn't have second slip. Um, where's second slip at? He's actually retired. Well, there um, we go. <laughs> no, we've got a couple there. Um, uh, Parser fell around on Saturday. He looks like he might have a little bit of jet lag from Dubai, but uh, um, so does he's a boulder. But they'll they'll mostly have a little break now, and uh, we'll pass or run once more, and then come back for our carnival. And he's a boulder's having a little bit of time off. Um, but they've got a very high rating, so those horses are very hard to place. But, yeah, like you said, Miles, like sort of uh, those horses are all back in work now and starting to move along, and now's the time we'll sort of sit down and, and, and uh, get it all together as to where things start needing to, to ramp up. Um, you know, it, as Will said, it, it comes upon us very quickly. Um, they've they've been back in sort of three or four weeks, and now's the time we'll, we'll start getting set, and and uh, we'll know where we get where we're going with them. Let's talk about horses to follow. Then, if we're going to find some winners, Johnny, um, you're the main man. For you're the main man, and then a lot can go. I'm quickly, frantically trying to find one here that's not retired. <laughs> <laughs> well, horses to follow. Uh, what, what I try to identify is uh, strong form races to come come through South Australia, and there's there's been a number of them. Like, uh, probably you've heard me bang on a, a lot on on Racing.com about that Phil and I's race the day that she won and smashed the clock at Morphville, and and we just saw basically every horse that's finished behind her, some about eight or ten lengths behind her, they're all coming out 
and winning because that's such a strong form race. And the, the good thing is for us, one that I've, I've identified as a very strong form race is the race that Jean Valjean won a couple of weeks ago. The sexuals out of that race are outstanding. He's broken 33 seconds. He's running the 32s himself for his last 600 metres. And the uh, the final sectionals were off a reasonable tempo as well. So it was a good good starting point for us to get Jean Valjean to come back. He's... His performance figure on my my numbers is an equal PB for him straight away for us. And, and Will knows that he's also got a little bit of fitness improvement to come from that. So I'm going to identify a few horses that ran behind him in that race that I think will come out and win or go very close next start. The horse that ran second to him was Larkham, and Larkham ran very well in that race. He, he had a slight gear change, and he settled further back in that race and hit the line well. He's a restricted horse with quite a, quite a juicy rating at the moment where he can come out with that performance rating and probably win next start. And there's another one in that Jean Valjean race that didn't have much luck at all. It was a recent purchase for Aaron Bain, and that's called Wonder Women. I'd suggest that Wonder Women will almost certainly be winning or very close next start as well. So so that's that's a race that I'm very keen to follow coming in. And uh, one of the, another one out of left field that I think is going to be a strong form race out of Wednesday grade at Balaclava. There's a horse called Muggs Game that won up there and won very easily. That's one of the better Wednesday grade races I've seen in the last couple of months. So I'll be following a few horses out of that and Muggs Game herself. Locke, what have you got in your little black book that sits in at the back of your strides? I've got, I've got a couple uh, in Victoria and they're both tra- trained by Kieran Maher and David Eustace. Um, one's three from three. Uh, he's a horse called Vermentino. He's by uh, this gun sire, Extreme Choice. Um, he won at Sandown last start. Uh, he's, he's, uh, we've been talking about the handicap ratings. He's, uh, they've just been poking away quietly there, and he's, he's about a 73 rater now, so they've got plenty of room to move. But uh, he's a quality horse. He'll, he'll win a good race. I'm not sure what it is, but, it, but he'll, he'll be winning one. And uh, another horse from uh, the same stable, as I said, uh, it was an import. Australian bloodstock actually own it. Uh, it's a horse called Kettle Hill. Uh, it was a very good run at Stand Down. It's first run for the team. I believe they're going to whip it up to Sydney in the next week or two, so the punters can keep an eye on on, uh, on Kettle Hill. They might get a little bit of uh, Christmas turkey with him. And Kettle Hill's a BTX horse as well, so I think there's shares still available in him. Well, there you go. That's a, that's a very good push for uh, for the BTX. Uh, they might have a nice horse there. Come on. If you want to buy shares, and I'd, I'd watch the replay of it at Stand Down first, you'll get yourself quite excited yeah. and want to jump in. Yeah. I, I want to ask uh, the three of you in South Australia at the moment. Who Who's, who's riding? Who are we following on? Who are we following on the horses? Well, I was going to tip. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask John her, this young lass's name. I watched her at the trials, and I think she sits on beautifully. Rochelle but, Milnes. Yeah, she rode a double yesterday. She looks very balanced on them. Uh, she's uh, most probably uh, going to be in the right place to ride a lot of winners at Port Lincoln, uh, being with Crystal Bishop and John Dunn. But uh, she looks like a, a natural rider with a four kilo claim. She won't have that for long. I'd uh, I'd have to add another uh, uh, rider, a uh, young lady, uh, Alana Livesey. Yeah, uh, I was gonna, that's yeah. for me. She looks like she can. Yeah, she yeah. Uh, she's got a lovely seat on a horse. She lets them balance up, and uh, she's she's doing a hell of a job. Yeah, I'm I'm very keen to uh, both of those young girls that you guys have, have talked about. Look really really nice, pretty, and balanced on them. And Rochelle Milnes for someone that's. Uh, that's only ridden a handful of runners look really good. Riding, riding a double at Port Lincoln's outstanding. Alana Vlivacy's already up and going. She's been absolutely flying. I think out of all the riders in South Australia, she's actually got the, the best winning strike rate about of any rider, junior or senior, in SA in the last three months or so. And the other one, obviously, who's been on fire is Tegan Voram. And, 
and she's riding exceptionally well. Yeah. Like three winners at Gawler on Saturday, looking good on them and making a lot of good tactical decisions in racing. So the the young apprentices in SA are doing really well. We better not forget our apprentice, Ben Price. Yeah, and... And we don't need to give him a rap. He's got enough on himself. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's riding very well. He's, he's riding well, and he's actually a genuine chance to win the the jockeys premiership this year. He's right up the top of the table, and he's riding well, and gets the opportunities with that one and a half claim. I'd ask you who's not riding well, but we can't say that as much as we'd love to. But no, we'll leave, we'll leave that one alone. We're going to jump to a break. On the other side, we'll talk more about the farm, Murray Bridge, Morfordville, and a bit of an announcement to come in from you about uh, you can discuss Nikki to the team. This is the stable show. Thanks to Clark. Racing Miles Fitzner, Will Clark, and Lockie Weekly, John Kelton, back right after this. The Stable Show with Miles Fitzner and Will Clarken. Thanks to Clark and Racing, consistently delivering a high strike rate of winners to runners. This is a stable show for Clark and Racing. Miles Fitzner, Will Clark, and Lockie Weekly, John Kelton with you. And we're into the last segment of the show, but the most important one. Will, I want to start with you. I want to talk about the partnership with Nikki O'Shea. First of all, tell us a bit about Nikki for the people that listening that don't know a lot about Nikki O'Shea and, and, and how this came about. Yeah, Nikki, uh, he's been a long-term friend of mine. Uh, he came to South Australia as a very uh, well-known uh, Irish jump jockey, uh, Ireland being his uh, native land. Um, he came out to McAvoy Mitchell uh, and uh, did some time there, and then he was with Philip Stokes. Uh, he went out training on his own, and he's been very successful, but... Uh, I suppose the key element to me and Nikki is that uh, we're good friends, but uh, we've got very similar thought patterns on horses. We like to work them quite hard, you know, and try to extract the absolute best out of them um, and uh, sort, the, sort the wheat from the chaff, you could say. Uh, he's a very, very gifted horse rider and horse person. And um, I never thought that I'd most probably end up in a, a training a partnership. And if I was, it would be someone that I had to be very comfortable with, not just myself, but Lockie and John, and uh, I think we've all formed the, the uh, same opinion that he is a, a very good trainer. He's an outstanding trainer, and, and like Will said, he, he's a fantastic horseman, but uh, probably uh, you'd have to say he's, he's a bloody good bloke too, so that's uh, that's pretty important. And he's he hasn't trained a big team, but the horses that he's had, he's when he's been given a horse of some ability, he's done a good job with it. Like horses like Silent Command that he's had in the last prep, he's got these horses racing really consistently, and they've been durable. Another one that he's been poking around, I'm a legend, who's been winning city races with... Cash and Checks. Cash and, well, cash and Checks is probably a great example of one that he, he really got to improve and race very well. Well, why now? Uh, we just get, we're getting so big. Um, we've got so many horses, and I, I really believe that uh, we need to spread our, spread our wings, and Murray Bridge is very exciting. We're going to have 30 boxes up there, and I think uh, eventually Nicky will, will be in, at the helm of that. Uh, with brand-new 10-horse walker, it's going to be a beautiful complex. Um, it's going to have its, uh, you know, downfalls like every everything does. But I feel that, um, you know, Morphville has got a time limit. Uh, it's obviously going to be a, a bit of time left. But uh, every, uh, every you know, state in Australia is moving away from having horses trained in the metropolitan area. And I'm sure that Racing SA will at some stage build a... Um, a larger training centre, but uh, at the moment, Murray Bridge looks like a good place for us. So we'll I'll be doing the uh, southern corridor between Selix, the farm, and, and a small team at Moorfield, and uh, close, cl- close to the hospitality area. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, sending I'll, him to Murray Bridge. I'll send Nicky up the Riverland. <laughs> the, new pub, the new pub at Murray Bridge is pretty good. Yeah. Standing there. No, no, we're going to do it together, and he's going to help me for a lot of things. Uh, Nicky is um, really going to be with the horses all the time. 
and I will be doing, you know, I'm still doing the project management at uh, the farm. I've still got a lot of other stuff that goes through to running a business now. It takes a lot to have a big string of horses and I just need some help. Uh, Lockie's extraordinarily busy and he's got his uh, form and he's got Jamie and Ben and, and Linda Meach to worry about and John now does racing.com. So uh, another set of hands is going to be what I need. And part about Murray Bridge where, where you've touched on it expanding to there, the training facilities there look like it's going to firmly establish itself as the premier training venue in the state. It's got the, the new hill track that's opened, it's got the inner grass track and it's got the inner synthetic track. I think so you there, can there's going to be lots of um, specialist training tracks to use there. I think you can see that in some of the results. Uh, some of the trainers up there like um, Matty Sayers, he's, you know, they're flying and they're going really well. Um, yeah, Sam Burford. Yeah, that most probably uh, at the old training track weren't getting the same results. So you can say that's a testament to what they've done uh, and I think that being a you know a European uh, uh, Irishman Nicky will be able to utilize the hill track and, and think outside the square uh, it's somewhere that someone that has had, some, had a bit of experience to go and train from yeah look he's, he's such a, a such a passionate racing person um, obviously you know it, he's going to be a great asset and uh, like we've said to, to get it all rolling at at Murray Bridge, hopefully, what is it sort of, do you think it'll be six months away? Well, well, that was my next question. So when's Murray Bridge finished and when's the farm finished? Because we did the podcast last time you're working at the farm and if, I do, if I'm doing a podcast with you in three years' time and you say you've got stuff to do at the farm, I'm going to say, what sort of project management were you doing, mate? So we've got another, <laughs> we've started work on another uh, six stable, uh, six yards, but they'll be, they'll be double, so uh, sort of mirroring what uh, Kieran and Dave do at, at Fingal. Uh, where they will partner horses up and train them out of a out of a yard together. Uh, he's obviously been so well known for that with those good sprinting mares like Bella Nipitina. There's sort of three or four in a paddock, um, going just setting up things that are going back to sort of nature and how horses sort of operate. And uh, a lot of the, the the better horses will will be at the farm because we can spend more time with them. Um, but the horses, young horses, need education on a metropolitan training track. So. Uh, Murray Bridge will be that, and mainly the young horses to go there, and, and and some of the older horses to get there really get them rock hard and fit. But uh, we'll bounce them back and forth, and that'll be a joint decision between me and Nicky. I'm also putting a lot of uh, schooling facilities in, and Nicky, being an ex jumps jockey, will play part in in utilising that to you know give a horse a bit of a change up. And horses love jumping, so that's another thing that we've been we've been working on. Have you been given an idea, or Johnny? You might know too. Like, when's Murray Bridge meant to be finished? Because it did take them a while to get that stable yeah. thing going it did but yeah. now, now you can see when the races are being held you can see the the stable the on-track stables coming together now so I'd, I'd suggest we're still a few months away but you can see the work happening and you can see exactly where the stables are horses will be walking out of their stable and going straight onto the track there so it will be a great facility so nikki asked for his name to go first yeah for sure you know <laughs> <laughs> he can have it first now, I, I also like you know you know I've done my time of going to the races all, all the time, so we can share that and share, uh, get a bit of sort of weekend time to yourself. I've got young kids and stuff, so it's a lot of aspects to do with it that'll that'll help us. Um, but Murray Bridge, I think it's March is what what uh, what's planned for. Lynch is the sort of it's his baby, and I was talking to him the other day, and that was where he was he was leaning towards. But like you know, it's very hard to get materials, and everyone's under the pump with builders and stuff. So they had a lot of rain there uh, late in winter, and that held things up a, a lot. And, you can't you can't help but uh, you know do what you can do and uh, hopefully they get it get underway. But the, it's just going to be a beautiful facility. Better work out of something new at Morphville. We've got you know little Wabbit Warrens and eight boxes here and six boxes there. It's going to be lovely to have all their horses in, in one spot. So thirty boxes you took, thirty boxes there, and we'll have thirty at the farm, and we'll still have uh, sort of fifteen at Morphville. Right. 
Yep. So you keep the seventy-five. Yep. Roughly at the time. Is that the, you want to go again, or well, am I holding you to this? I think we've got about one hundred and ten horses in the books at the moment. Um, there might be a few less. We've we've got a few out the gate lately, but uh, look, there's always going to be over a hundred, and uh, to facilitate them, we need seventy boxes. They don't all have to be full all the time. I think uh, another uh, like like Will just said, so many horses on the books now. It's um, and with Nikki coming uh, on board, it's very important um, to play to people's strengths. You know, everyone's good at something in particular, and really, you know, honing in on that. I know it's it's quite obvious, but uh, you know, just to just to really make sure that we're we're doing that, and everyone's you know doing their their role that uh, they need to play and that they're, they're best at. And. The, the move away from Morfittville, although it might be gradual, it will happen because it's, uh, as, as you all know, like it's dangerous walking these horses around suburban streets with, with cars around them. And the horses are, the stables on course within the, the racetrack perimeter don't look like they're going to happen in the, in the very near future. So there's a lot of horses still trained around these suburban streets, walking up and down these streets to get to and from track work each morning. So the Murray Bridge setup will be... Um, uh, long-term a lot more viable for these horses. Yeah, it's not that the, the Moorfield's done and dusted. You know, obviously the nearly unbeatable Richard and Chantel Yard's there and they, they're training winner after winner. The facilities are fine. It's just uh, it's dated and they've most already got the best barn there and, and uh, it's hard for other young trainers, and that goes across the board, to be able to get the decent stables that they need to uh, facilitate better quality horses. And, and uh, I would have loved to have a... You know, a bigger barn at Moorfield and they discussed building on-course stables, but I think that's gone by the wayside now. And, and you think about it, it is sort of illogical because it's only a, a ticking time bomb before, um, you know, the move is made, whether it's, you know, two years, whether it's five years, whether it's, you know, eight years, but I'm planning for the future. Well, it's going to be good to see the partnership get together. Who does the post-race interviews very quickly? Oh. Nikki, are you going to keep him? No, no, we'll do Nikki. Won't, they won't be able to understand him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> asking Nikki what's going on. <laughs> hey, boys, we've got one and a bit minutes left. I want to go around the room. And if you had a bit of a highlight, I know it's one without notice, but your highlight for, for the year. I know we're closer to Christmas, but Locke, do you have one that picked out for the year that you thoroughly enjoyed very quickly? Oh, oh look, the the Ballet Cup was a race that, you know, we uh, we very much wanted to win. Um had a few goes at it and missed out, but that, that one sort of springs to mind pretty quickly. Johnny? Um, I reckon extremely lucky's win in the Lightning was just absolutely outstanding. That that would be our, our highest performance rating of any horse we had this year. Will? I have to go for Bella Vella after she'd been just done and missed again. Uh, come back to win a listed race over our carnival last year. That was terrific, but no name lane going to another level. I've had a lot of highlights with... We most probably haven't had as no, enough Metro winners day to day, but we've had a lot of decent stakes winners and even a horse like Zula getting stakes placed in the Ballot Cup, it doesn't mean a lot to uh, the general masses, I guess, but it means a lot on her pedigree page and that's what I'm in it for, to make uh, upvalue these mares and, and make every post a winner. Well, it's all about making money and that's what you're trying to do. We spoke about the tried horses. You've got yearlings coming up. They can get in contact at marketing at clarkandracing.com or follow you any uh, channels on social media. They can send a message and get uh, Kate... Don't forget your BTX share giveaway, of course. They can go and do that, uh, get involved with BTX. Locke, thanks so much uh, again for coming on the podcast. Good on you, Miles. Johnny, thank you, buddy. Thanks, Miles. Will, keep killing it as always. Well done on the partnership. Always a pleasure, mate. That's all we've got time for on the Stable Show. Thanks to Clark and Racing. Don't forget, go to marketing at clarkandracing.com.